0: everyone, and welcome to Talk Your Peace with Hannah and Aziz. I'm Aziz Ahmed.
1: And I'm Hannah Schraim.
0: And welcome to another episode of our podcast. We are so glad to have you here. Um, and today we have a very interesting episode in which we are going to be talking about current events and a very pressing issue that has been gripping the headlines the last 24 hours, I would definitely say. Um, so for those of you who follow us on Instagram, you might have seen our post from earlier in the week in which we you know, put out uh, uh, kind of breaking news regarding Senator Sanders' mm-hmm. decision to suspend his presidential campaign for the 2020 Democratic nomination. Um And a lot of eyebrows were raised yesterday and, you know, lots of thoughts and opinions um, and, you know, concerns were expressed throughout social media, media, mainstream media, news, and so on and so forth. Um, and so today, Hannah and I are going to take the time to kind of um, put all different views and ideas and conversations into perspective and focus on this. Uh, but before we get into today's episode, Hannah, how are you today?
1: I'm good, Aziz. Thank you for asking, you know, trying to stay on top of my schedule with this Corona stuff going on, um, keeping people who are affected in mind, but also trying to make keep up with American politics, because what's happening right now is crazy. And I know yeah. you're about to give our viewers, our listeners, rather, the rundown. I'm excited yeah. for that because you came here prepared with the facts.
0: <laughs> yeah, we sure did because this has been an episode that Hannah and I have been, you know, you we, you know you and I have been talking about this for a while and, you know, we've yeah. been wanting to discuss um, just the overall Democratic presidential campaign season and how it's been going, but even more specifically paying attention to Senator Bernie Sanders, who was seen as a runner for a very majority of that period. Um, so we're going to kind of get into like what changed and what happened so I'm glad you're excited. So let's go ahead and get into it. But um, just like we said off the top, the breaking news, gripping the headlines is that Senator Bernie Sanders, an independent from Vermont, ended his presidential candidacy on Wednesday. Um, and so, you know, this was to many Americans at, at a time where, you know, our headlines are being gripped by the coronavirus. Um, it's very fair to say that a lot of people have, you know, forgotten about the Democratic primary season and just the overall election season that has been ongoing. So it did come as a surprise to many, especially at the timing. Um, And so uh, Bernie Sanders, Senator Sanders, as you know, um, officially launched his presidential bid last year, February nineteenth, 2019, in his home city of Brooklyn, New York. Um, He was seen as the front runner for most of the period um, and you know the the field of candidates were very large um, for most of the season which was seen as a you know, uh, a campaign season that was never ending for many. We've seen individuals like Senator Kamala Harris of California, Senator Amy Klobuchar, you know, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, uh, Booker, you know. Um, uh, Cory Booker. Even better, yeah, I forgot even, Cory
1: Booker ran even. Yeah, so See, many different crazy. people. It's crazy. It's crazy, Aziz, because I think back to the time when they were young candidates you know when mm-hmm. they first started and we had all the hype and we see so much potential and then we move through the debates and we're like finding out more about their past and we're like oh i don't want this candidate i don't want that candidate i love that excitement i love that part of american politics but please yeah. continue
0: yeah no that I, I definitely agree with you but i mean that just goes to prove like how many people we actually forgot that were actually in this race we at many times at a point uh, at many times we saw the Field being crowded between from anywhere to 18 to 22 individuals, even crowding the debate stages. So it was a pretty jammed packed race in a what felt like a never ending race. Um, so just like we talked about, uh, Senator Sanders, uh, you know, addressed his uh, um, base and addressed the nation yesterday um, that he made it that he viewed Mr. Biden, uh, Vice President Biden, as the party's nominee. Um, And so he said that he would remain on the ballot. So just to be clear, he was only suspending his race, meaning he would not be making any campaign appearances, suspended all operations, but will remain on the ballot up until the Democratic convention. Um, And so he wants to ensure that he's the the primaries that he is able to gather enough delegates so that he can leverage and and influence the Democratic platform and continue carrying his message. And, you know, what is that message? That is really different progressive values. Um, Senator Sanders, stood on the, uh, you know, his campaign platform stood for a lot of progressive values that were essential to his base and, you know, like the enthusiasm that not only surrounded him this time around, but also what brought him, you know, into the limelight in 2016, in my opinion, you know, in that, in in my own example, you know, I was in a senior in high school in 2016, when he first ran for president, I didn't hear, know about Senator Sanders until then, because of how um, his idea struck a chord with me. Um, so we, I, I think it's definitely fair to say. And Hannah, let me know if you, you know, if you felt the same. But he really struck a chord with the younger crowd. Then and even now, just because of the how much they resonate with these values, whether it's college for all, expanding social security, housing for all, um, you know, uh, uh, Medicare, uh, Medicare for all.
1: Immigration
0: right. and his Green New Deal and, you know, many different aspects that he championed for both as a senator and plan to um, and, you know, champion for and, you know, enact as president of the United States.
1: Absolutely, Aziz. Uh, I want to add that, especially for me as a high schooler, I think I've always been a very politically active individual. I always like to read up on what's happening in U.S. politics. And at the time, just like you said, we were in high school. And I remember being in high school and I got so excited about the concept of a female potentially becoming the president. So at first, I actually struggled to decide between Hillary and Bernie. Yeah. And then once I learned more, I think this was the first time where I had a real consciousness of what the establishment was and the effect they had on money in politics and things like that that's when i really started to look more into the issues and i became such a big bernie supporter i'm i'm a bernie bro all the way and i'd love to bring this point up that bernie oftentimes is seen as radical but on an international scale bernie actually leans more towards the center and his progressive values are only radical because we've never accepted the idea of medicare for all since the Republican Party and a lot of people on the right think that the government should be completely outside of this concept and not into the lives of people. Um, but it, but we're, we're seeing based on the statistics time and time again that having Medicare for All and implementing a lot of the policies that Bernie Sanders stands for would place America um, in a position that actually competes with a lot of these developed nations. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now we're behind internationally yeah. on that level. So so let's continue, Aziz. What else you gotta tell our viewers about the yeah. landscape?
0: No, so yeah, that's actually you brought up a lot of good points and I think, you know, a lot of you know, aspects of Senator Sanders campaign and just like his his um you know perception on the national scale um, is going to become very evident in a lot of our conversation today. But Hannah, you brought up a good point because like, just like I was talking about his issues, um, we see things like expanding social security, housing for all, you know, honoring our commitment to veterans, eliminating medical and student debt and things like that, you know? And so like these were his ideas. A lot of these ideas were his platforms where you can find it on his website, which he promised to champion for as president of the United States. So, Hannah, let's 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 kind of shift our conversation to um, step away from the facts from a little bit, but more into an opinion-based discussion in terms well, like of it. the establishment. Um, and what why do you think this was the case? And you know, what was what was your interpretation of the um, the image that Senator Sanders received on the main stage? If that makes sense.
1: That's an excellent excellent question, Aziz. I think this point. And this concept of the establishment is often overlooked and it has to be discussed whenever we're discussing bernie sanders so when we think back to the 2016 election and we think back to who was actually competing against trump and what their campaigns were offering within that election period i think bernie sanders was the only potential candidate who could have beat Donald Trump. And the reason why, and a lot of people disagree with this, but the reason why I think that is because he was offering something that would actually appease a lot of middle America in a way that Hillary was not offering because she was establishment. So, so many people moved to Trump because they thought he was different and he was actually voicing how discomforted people felt about the establishment. And Bernie was the only candidate on the, on the Democratic side who voiced something similar, but in a slightly different way. But I, mean, but I mean, a lot of times, you know, I've read a lot of articles about this, Aziz, a mm-hmm. lot of people who were formerly Trump supporters have transitioned to become Bernie supporters after they've seen him as president. And that's because yeah. Bernie's actually cares about people, and he's actually listening and providing them solutions to those issues, you know, whether that be housing, affordable housing, whether that be healthcare, or whether that be his stance on immigration and helping DACA recipients, for example, even climate change, even climate change, such a huge issue. And he is so unapologetic about doing something about it. And so I think this time around, the Democratic Party is losing when it comes to young people. I mean, losing, because what we're seeing here is that they're taking what happened in 2016, and they're replicating it. And their concept is we have to defeat Donald Trump. We have to defeat Donald Trump, but they're not offering anything else. And Bernie actually is. In fact, if you look at the statistics, I'm not kidding. In at least five polls, it shows that Bernie beats Trump 48% to 42%, 49% to 42%, 51% Bernie, 45% Trump in many polls, and I know the polls can be skewed sometimes, you know, we know yeah. this, but time and time again, we see that Bernie is an actual competitor to Trump. And yet, by the establishment's means and viewpoints, he is not, you know, he's discredited, he's seen as too radical, and they yeah. funnel so much money. They just, everyone blew their support to Biden. Because they didn't want this progressive candidate in the front. And that, to me, is such a disappointment, especially as a young person. Didn't mean to rant there, Aziz, but let me know how you're feeling.
0: Yeah, no, I think I was pretty much on the same page as you, Hannah, in terms of like this season has been a lot. Um, But it's been particularly interesting this time around because um, we saw a lot of people that in a way, align themselves with Senator Sanders in terms of painting themselves as progressive and champion for progressive values. Elizabeth Warren, very good example. But then right. even individuals like um, you know, Kamala Harris to an extent. Yep. Um, but- I don't know, Aziz,
1: because Kamala Harris, at least when it comes to the criminal justice system, is not a
0: champion of progressive values. But that's, yeah, and you know, I that's agree. on one topic. Yeah, no, and I agree. But I think I think it was more so the optics of it and how they they portrayed themselves to be Um, because time and time again, Kamala Harris has flat out said, you know, I am a champion for progressive values, you know, and so a lot of that, well, you don't hear necessarily, it may not line up. And that was my point, you know, it may not necessarily line up with the what it actually means to institute progressive values and you know progressive leadership when it comes to being the president of this country um mm-hmm. to an extent that Bernie Sanders was willing to go and champion to. Um and so you the reason why I draw draw that parallel is because a lot of the you know arguments that were brought up in 2016, for example, is that you know, and even we saw again in 2020 is that how do we pay for this? how do we pay for Medicare for all? How is this ever going to work you know this is not going to appeal to middle America this is not going to appear to indep- appeal to independents or moderate Republicans which we need over to win the vote um, in the general election which I digress and you know completely disagree with you know if we if I, I think it's more so an issue, if internally with the Democratic Party. We see this with, you know, people that didn't vote for Senator Sanders or casted their vote elsewhere, whether it was Bloomberg or Biden or even Buttigieg, you know, they didn't necessarily disagree with Senator Sanders on when it came to his stances on, but it was just more so like, oh, I don't think he's going to win because, you know, I'm there's that fear-mongering that we can blame mainstream media and just the overall establishment, whether it's the DNC or, you know, um, hardcore center left, you know, in quotations, yeah. which you can't necessarily see. Uh, uh-huh. No, r- Democrats the align media. themselves to be.
1: Yeah. Even the media, even think- the media representation of Bernie has been overall and even statistically way more negative than yeah. any other candidate.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think a good example of that, you know, in my personal opinion, um, not to smear any one station over the other, but, you know, I saw a lot of that on The View, the Women of the View, which, right. you know, play a very significant role on daytime television in terms of like these last couple of years being a very shifting to a very political centric TV show. um. You know, very, very much so, you know, had a lot of bad things to say, negative things to say about Senator Sanders, a lot of which can be very much so debated, which I think, you know, overall just played into okay, we're seeing a very much so establishment-led, you know, focus of conversation to kind of get Americans that are undecided or, you know, have no clue who to put, cast their ballot for, put it elsewhere. Because, oh, Joe Biden is going to be this knight in shining armor that's going to save this country yeah. um, from where uh, President Trump has taken us the last four years, which, you know, it's does just doesn't add up, you know. It doesn't.
1: Um, not at all, Aziz. and And another thing is, if we look to how, and I mentioned this earlier, but I want to reiterate this point so that people can really understand. If you remember in the debates, Kamala Harris went ham on Joe Biden. I mm-hmm. mean, she brought up her past and in, in the busing situation in the United States and how she was one of the young, young kids to integrate in the United States. And she you know, pointed at him and at his past and how he didn't do his part during that time. And he stood against busing, right? Like he stood against mm-hmm. integrated busing in America. But then the second that it was just him and Bernie, boom, everyone, everyone flocked to Biden. And that yeah. just shows us what the, what the establishment really cares about. And if we talk about the money, if we talk about how much this country, for instance, spends in our defense, like over $580 billion in defense. You're telling me we can't spend a similar yep. amount on our people? You're telling yeah. me people can't get health care because what? We're fighting overseas and we're, and we're murdering people overseas? I mean, this is quite ridiculous. And it's something that I think a lot of Americans are growing a consciousness about and they're becoming outraged. And that's why Bernie spoke to so many people. And Aziz, I want to know what you think about this now because Bernie Sanders is a staunch supporter of the of ending the climate crisis. And you know Biden, I don't think has a hard enough stance on this but I wanna know what you think. Bernie's program is about $16.3 trillion for his climate program. Do you think that Biden will do anything to kind of work with the progressive values that Bernie has or do you think, no, he's just gonna do his own thing and just work with the establishment moving forward?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's a really great point you bring up because, so, I mean, this even ties us back to like a lot of the statements that Senator Sanders made yesterday in his, um, you know, speech to the, the country, but then also his, his campaign supporters, you know, he's still in it very much so to make sure that progressive and more specifically the ideas that he was championing and the platforms that he were championing, whether it be Medicare for all, you know, the green new deal slashing college debt and, you know, things like that. Are still incorporated into the Democratic platform. That it is incorporated into, obviously, at this point, presumptive nominee Joe Biden's platform as he, um, you know, continues the race into the general election for, as for president of the United States. Um, and so, you know, it, and we can't we can't forget, you know, that Bernie has, you know, relentlessly for years outside of his presidential campaigns, but just as a mere senator, you know, relentlessly fought for years to create a better world for whether it's marginalized people, the poor, the working class, for everyone. Mm -hmm. And every step of the way, whether it be today or in 1995, he was viciously attacked and smeared by people, whether it's his fellow colleagues in the Senate, or even, you know, when he was in the House and so on and so forth. But just like this, this, this kind of, you know, like, correlation that Oh, you know that that very scary word that you know especially the mainstream media, the Republicans, Fox News bandits like to throw around, the socialism, socialist, democratic socialist, you know, the very scary word that they like to throw around there.
1: That's a great point Aziz, and I want to bring this conversation back to talking a little bit about Trump. Now say what you will about Donald Trump. This man is destroying America. But I will say that he is an evil genius, either he is or his team. He has a team of evil geniuses because what he's been doing has actually been working. And people are even saying now, the way that he's talking about coronavirus, for example, he inflates the number of people who he thinks are going to get affected. You know, He says 120,000, but we have way less cases than that right now. So that hopefully, hopefully when the death toll stops and people stop getting sick, he can then go into this political landscape, into the campaign and say, look, I'm the president who lowered the number of deaths and you know, saved us from coronavirus. And to me, that's like a genius move. And he has been quoted as saying, Trump has, he has been quoted as saying that he's only afraid of Bernie as a competitor because he says that Bernie has real supporters and well, the other sure. ones are just <laughs> figureheads. And so, you know, say what you will about Trump, but this man, he is very strategic. And so for him to fear Bernie Sanders means that he actually did have a chance. And if you keep thinking to yourself, no, he had no chance from the beginning, you're just yeah. not paying close enough attention. And that brings me, Aziz, to the next question that we have from one of our listeners. Shout out to Maryam Ayed. We really appreciate you guys engaging with us and sending in your questions because if you do, you get a shout out in the episode and your your question might get featured. So Medium is asking us, how can we make change happen with an establishment that's intrinsically in opposition?
0: This is a very good question, but I would definitely say it's a very hard question to answer because it seems like, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, there likes to be this picture that's painted that, you know, this is a representative democracy, a democracy that works for you. And, you know, your vote matters and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. These are a lot of the points that, you know, are drilled into our minds, whether it be um, through academia and so on and so forth. But I mean, it's really hard because I mean, this, this just proves again that how much the system is not for us or the system needs to be reformed. If anything, it needs to be the system that, you know, the the electoral system, but then overall, just the the establishment system that is built to ensure that there is no dissent in any forms of government or even any forms of politics. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just more so like, hey, you either make sure that you align with us, uh, or we'll do everything and quite literally everything to make sure that you you don't make it anywhere.
1: Right. I mean, even Pete Buttigieg, right? When he was campaigning near the end, almost near the time he suspended his campaign, he talked a lot about, look, I can be the guy to unite everyone. I can be the guy to take on middle America and bring them to the Democratic side. And I can be the guy to beat Donald Trump because Bernie is too radical and Bernie is too loud. And you know, Biden is old news, but I'm new. And I quite frankly think that Bernie needed to be loud to send a message. And his campaign is the only campaign with more contributions um, on the Democratic side than Donald Trump, individual contributions. And Bernie is not bought by big business. This is huge. The reason why the establishment is able to do what they do is because of, thank you, that money. You think that they're just (laughs) willy-nilly having these views? It's all money. And that's why Bernie is so special is because He literally started this campaign with a grassroots movement. So, when we ask the question, how can we make change happen with an establishment that's in opposition? I think Bernie is showing us how we can make that change. A lot of people will look to his campaign and a lot of people will look to what he's done and say, it was a waste of time. You wouldn't have won from the beginning. However, Bernie is changing the conversation. What he has begun, our movement is changing the conversation. We're engaging more young people we are engaging more people on the fringe of the Democratic Party who didn't have a voice because of this two-party system, which, <laughs> all right, look, we got to reform this two-party system, y'all. We, got, we need some more opinions up in here, okay? We need more diversity of thought, and that's what Bernie yep. brought. So how do we change the establishment? We need more people who are thinking like Bernie. We need more progressives who are unafraid of big money and will move through the lines of politics through the levels of politics for the people because we are the ones with the power oftentimes you forget this we are the ones with the power any major movement in the united states civil rights women's rights any of these movements happen because people decided to reclaim their power and that's what we have to remind one another when we're talking about combating this establishment
0: yeah, very good point, Hannah. And I think that that's why these next couple of weeks and months, um, the results of this uh, presidential campaign is going to be very interesting. Um, but results aside these next couple of weeks, the semantics, the conversations that we hear, um, and just you know the overall tone of this this, um, you know, campaign, these campaigns that we're seeing are going to be a a deal breaker for a lot of Americans and a lot of people, especially the millennials, the younger crowd, the college students that are fed up um, and absolutely done with the system. Um, So it's going to be very interesting to see. um, But that drives us to our ending point. And, you know, we like to end Um, with a lot of tips and, you know, practical ways to um, take today's conversation and keep it moving forward in our personal lives. Um, And so obviously there's a lot that's going to happen in these next couple of weeks uh, and there's a lot to see. But um, Hannah, do you want to start us off with some tips that how do we continue to make ensure that we are staying politically engaged, politically aware um, in a system that may, may need you know, and I say may very lightly um, may need some reform and may need some changes made. Um, how do we ensure that we are still, um, you know, waking up every morning and fighting the fight that needs to be fought?
1: That's an excellent point, Aziz, and I'm glad that we're ending on takeaways like this so that people can leave with action items. One thing I think a lot of people need to do is figure out who their representatives are and hold them accountable to the issues that they care about. So there's this website called GovTrack dot us and you can figure out who your members of congress are and you need to call their offices and tell them about the issues that you care about. And I know it sounds crazy and you think they're not going to listen to me, but they are literally elected to serve you. So they have to listen to you. And I will say this because I've worked in a congressional office before the way that you get to them is through numbers. Meaning you cannot be the only person calling in about an issue and be the lone wolf in that. So if you and five of your friends all call your congressperson in the same day about the same issue, their staffers actually have to bring that issue up with the congressperson. So real change can be made when we voice our opinions and when we actually speak truth to the power. Staying on the sidelines and thinking, the establishment's too big, nothing's really gonna change, I'm gonna maintain the status quo, Um, That's honestly how lives get destroyed. That's how more and more people die because they don't have health care. That's how more and more families get separated at the border. They get separated because of our immigration policies. And that's how more and more people get behind bars in this country, for instance, for selling weed when there are companies profiting off of doing that today. Um, And we can stop that from happening by voicing our opinions. So I really encourage everyone to figure out who represents you, And hold them accountable, because that is literally their job. Another tip that I think is really important is to follow people who can provide you with reliable information. And yes, I come from a news junkie household, so maybe I'm not the best example. But what you can do is follow a couple of people who you know actually know their stuff on Twitter or even follow one newspaper or one media establishment that you think will provide you with great information and stick to that consistently so that you're up to date and you're not ever behind because when you're behind, you're not engaging in the conversation and we need everyone's voice heard. And Aziz and I also know that not everyone who listens to our podcast is gonna hold the same political views that we do. And our intention is not to persuade someone one way or another. Our intention is to start a conversation to get people thinking about these issues and engage in an empathetic dialogue about them. So figure out what you believe, do your research, and stay
0: involved. So yeah, no, Hannah, I think you really drove it home with your points, but just like to recap, I think staying informed is very key. So making sure that you, you're, you know what type of legislation is being passed uh, and you're, you're aware that your interest as, in, as a citizen, as a constituent, is being met at all levels of government. But with that, I want to thank you all, our listeners, for tuning into another episode of Talk Your Peace with Hannah and Aziz. For our team here, I'm Aziz Ahmed. And I'm Hannah Frame. And thank you all for tuning into another episode. We hope to continue the conversation with us on social media. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TalkYourPeace. And be sure to be up to date with the newest episode that we put out every week. We'll see you guys next week. Stay safe. Stay well. Talk to you soon.